Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Good morning, everybody. My name is Matt Porman. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. Glad you're here this morning. Hey, look, I have a fan club. All right. Uh, hey, before we jump into our teaching today, I got a couple of quick items uh, for you. Uh, and the first one is actually going to be, I'm going to ask a favor of you, okay? Um, if you have been around the last few weeks, uh, you, you might notice, and it's probably not today because of spring break or probably next week because of spring break, but over the last few weeks, man, we've been packed around here on Sunday mornings. Uh, we actually had uh, 359 people here last Sunday. Yeah, so... That's, uh, that's a lot of people. Uh, for second service last week, there, I mean, we had people sitting in the front row other than my family uh, last week because we had so many people at church. So uh, here's, what, here's the favor. Uh, if you would do me a favor, if you're volunteering uh, on a Sunday morning, if you would please take uh, and park over at Lippert across the tracks and walk over if you're able. And I know some of you will have to park in the lot and that's okay. But if you're able to kind of park uh, over at Lippert and then walk over, that would be super helpful. Uh, the rest of you, if you're just coming in to attend church, Here's what we would ask of you. If you're in, if you're part of Cornerstone, you've been here for a while, if you would actually, before you park in this lot, if you would actually go uh, across the street and see if there are spaces at Smart Systems, they're allowing us to use their lot as well. See if there's spaces over there first, and then if there's no spaces there, then come park in the lot. That would be super helpful. And the reason for that is uh, my fear is, over the last few weeks, and I don't know this for sure, but my fear is that we probably had somebody come and check us out, uh, and they pulled in, there were no spots, and then they pulled out. And I don't want that to happen because each life matters to God and this should matter to us. And so we want that. So because of that, it would be super helpful. Now, again, some of you, you're not going to serve and you're not, you're, there's not going to be spaces over there and you're going to park on that. That's okay. Um, but uh, we want to try to make as much space. And by the way, this is a great problem to have, right? This is a great problem to have. So thanks for your, uh, in advance for doing that. That'd be super helpful. Uh, the second thing is I want to mention maybe a potential opportunity for some of you uh, in the room, and that is uh, as spring is springing, um, hopefully, I mean, we did get snow on Friday, I think, uh, but uh, as spring is springing, we're actually making some plans on sprucing up the outside of the building with plants and all that kind of stuff, make it look really nice out there. And so if you have a green thumb, all right, uh, and some of you will know if you have a green thumb, Pormans know that we don't, all right? Um, so if you have a green thumb, man, would you email Leah and, uh, and, and say, hey, you might be willing to help us kind of get that all together? We're going to do a work day sometime at the beginning of May uh, to get that all uh, planted and all that kind of stuff. And then maybe you might even be willing to help us out uh, in keeping that maintained throughout the the summer months and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you can do that, that would be super, super helpful. And thanks in advance for that as well. Uh, Because it's really nice to have people who are good at this stuff because I just kill everything. Like, it's just, I don't know what it is. So... Uh, so with that then, uh, I want to go ahead and jump into the teaching. So if you want to grab a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be. Luke chapter 10. If you didn't bring a paper Bible with you, there are paper Bibles spread throughout the auditorium, about every other chair or so. You can grab one of those, or you can go to sermons.church on a browser on your device. Search for Cornerstone Vineyard Church on all the scriptures and fill in the blanks. Everything will be there for you today. And uh, to get us started this morning, uh, I'm going to start with a video clip, but I have to set it up for you first, because if I don't set it up, it probably won't make a whole lot of sense. Could likely be a little bit annoying, actually. So uh, let me set this up for you. So I've recently stumbled upon uh, something in social media called Instagram Reels. Anybody know what Instagram Reels are? Okay, some of you guys know what Instagram Reels. If you don't know what they are, I, I want to describe them. Basically, uh, they are short videos, usually about 15 seconds or less or so, 
where a lot of people, what they'll take is they'll take maybe video clips or audio clips from other sources and kind of create some funny things. About, and uh, oftentimes I can find myself 45 minutes later after looking at these things and seeing and laughing my head off and those kind of things. Lee and I will literally send uh, them to each other and just laugh like crazy, those kind of things. And so I found, uh, I've kind of stumbled upon these things over the last uh, few uh, months. And uh, there's one that I want to show you this morning that is actually probably one that I see more than anything. Like this, this audio that is used in this, in this particular uh, clip uh, is like, I see this more than any other one. And there are actually three of, the, of, three of them, okay? There's gonna be three videos that's gonna have the same audio, but the, the scenario is gonna change, okay? So take a look at this, and then I will uh, make a couple comments. Maybe. That was fast. Yeah, it was really good. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. Okay. How many of you are the person uh, not across, across the table? We'll get lights on here in a minute. Uh, we'll get, uh, are you the, you're the person across the table that's the one that's like, I just need one more minute. Are you that person? All right, thank you. My wife was gonna say, my wife has to raise her hand because that's totally her, right? All right, now, have any of you guys seen any of those? Like, I do not have time for this and I have time for you. Ashley did because she's on reels all the time too. Okay, a couple of you guys. Of course, the, the teenagers in the room, thank you. I appreciate you guys, all right? All right, um, and so if you, you haven't seen these, basically that, that to audio is from some TV show. I don't know what it is, but uh, man, I tell you what, this audio has blown up on social media. I mean, TikTok's everywhere, like reels left and right. It's on Facebook stuff. I mean, it's just all over the place, this audio, right? And you can put different scenarios to it, all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, when you're, when you're at Chipotle and they're wrapping your burrito and it gets a hole in it and it's like, I do not have time for this. I don't have time for you. You know, stuff like that. You know, you can just, it's all over the place, okay? All that kind of stuff. Well, I use that this morning because as I was sitting down to work on today's teaching, uh, that audio was like literally playing in my head. And because uh, we're going to uh, talk today about time. We're gonna to talk today about time, and actually, we're gonna talk about not having time. Something that I think is pretty common to most of us, not having time. Um, I'm actually, actually, I'm kind of curious. Have, have any of you ever used the phrase, there just seems to not be enough hours in the day to get anything done? How many of you use that this week? Right, yes, I'm sure some of you probably use that this week, right? And, and, and likely we have, many of us use that or have used it in the past because so much of our time, and I think you would agree with this, is that so much of our lives, folks, we can live in such a way that we attempt to do so much stuff. We, we, we attempt to run at such a pace that it, indeed there actually is not enough hours in the day to get everything done, Right? I mean, we, the, I don't know what it is about, uh, it, you know, we're supposed to be even uh, more efficient because of all of our technology on the cost, but if, if for me, the way I find my life is that sometimes I can just run at such a pace that I literally can't get everything done, right? And you probably are at the same place. Oftentimes, we take the, the 168 hours in a week, by the way, that's how many we have. It's 168 hours every week. It doesn't change, right? Um, it doesn't change. And what we can do is we can squeeze every last drop out of those under 168 hours uh, that we have in a week. And, and sometimes, because we're trying to squeeze every last drop out of it, then we can, we can oftentimes squeeze out uh, every drop of what really is good life out of us. You ever been there? I've been there. Right? And I think sometimes when we do that, when we live at such a pace like that, we can squeeze every last drop out of every hour of the week, then sometimes we can end up in a place uh, where we can miss doing some of the things that are the most important things for us to do. Right? 
And where I'm gonna go with this today, and you probably already know where I'm heading this, is, is that, folks, I think sometimes we can live our lives in such a way with, with lack of time so much that we can miss this opportunity, some of the most crucial things in life, uh, which is actually to help people see Jesus. Sometimes we can run at such a pace that we can miss the opportunity for people to actually see Jesus Christ in us because we just don't have time to sit and have a conversation. We don't have time to, to do this or do that and those kind of things, and, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room. And so uh, I want you to hold that thought for just a minute because uh, we're going to talk a lot about that today. But before we do that, uh, I want to remind you that we are in a, uh, a series here at Cornerstone. We started last week called The Art of Neighboring. And what we're doing in this series is that we're discussing the value of being neighborly, okay? Uh, the value of taking the great commandment literally, that commandment in the Bible that says, right, love your neighbor as yourself, the value of, uh, in this series, actively attending to people that are in close proximity to us, being nice and being friendly, but doing so for a purpose, to see the move of God in the lives of people around us. And for the sake of the series, what we're doing is that we're actually centrally focusing on, kind of uh, zeroing in on our actual neighbors. Now, of course, we need to do, uh, be nice and friendly and share Jesus and all that kind of stuff with everybody in our spheres, but we're zeroing in on our actual neighbors, essentially trying to take an evangelism uh, leap forward uh, as a church, uh, something I'm pretty pumped about, by the way. And actually, I was excited that there seemed to be a buzz last weekend as we launched this series about excitement from, now I think there was probably a little bit of fear and trepidation uh, with it as well, but I think some general excitement, so that got me even more excited about this series. And if you were here last week, each household got one of these. Uh, this is actually a block map magnet. And uh, if you were not here last week, uh, would you please raise your hand, a representative from every household, and we can bring one of those ushers. Can you guys hand some of these out uh, to them? Um, uh, I don't know where our ushers are. I think they're just like hanging out. So some of the staff, <laughs> they're getting coffee or something. I don't know. All right. So uh, yeah, just keep your hands raised if you didn't, weren't here last week at this. And so just to describe what this is, okay, uh, each one of these, the, in the very middle, there's a, a, a house that is yours, okay? That's your house. And these are your eight closest neighbors, okay? These are close, uh, eight closest neighbors. Those in your, uh, in your neighborhood, uh, if you're in an apartment building, your eight closest neighbors. And the idea here is uh, to push, put, the, put this on your refrigerator, okay? And actually start filling in the names and details of your neighbors. I said last week, you get to know their kids' names, even get to know their dog's name, right? I don't care about animals that much, but other people do, right? Those kind of things, all right? And, and so, and the idea with this is that, is that you would... Um, you would be intentional with the people that are in the closest proximity to you to see what God might do in their life. Like, even as you get to know them, most people only know their neighbors in passing and see what God might actually do. And so, um, so, anyway, if, uh, I, so I'm interested. Did anybody last week actually get a box filled in? Raise your hand if you got a box filled in. All right, good. Yeah, the, of the Pormans, we got, we got to actually go across. I said last week that we had a neighbor move in. They've been living there nine months. I've never said a single word to them. And I got to meet uh, uh, the, the mom and her three sons. And uh, got to, and it was, can I just say, by the way, this is, my family was like, Dad, do we really have to do this? Yes, we're doing this, right? So we're gonna do this, right? And we go over and we, the lady invited us into her house and we sat there for 45 minutes getting to know her. And by the way, she, her husband lives in China. She hasn't seen her husband in two years Right? And so Leah's like, maybe, maybe we should just have you over for dinner. And then she said, are you a pastor? And I was like, oh, yeah, all right. Yes, I'm a pastor, all right? She goes, you seem to have a lot of cars all on the street and, and whatever. She goes, you guys study in the Bible? And I was like, yeah, we are. She goes, well, we thought about maybe coming over. By the way, just because we went over and said hi to our neighbors. Right? Now, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but how many of you, I'm excited about it. <laughs> I'm excited about that. So, 
Uh, so if you haven't, it's okay, right? This, this initiative is to kind of over, take some time over the next few weeks. Uh, our small group met last Thursday, uh, and, uh, and some of our small group people were like, I'm, uh, we're not meeting this week because we're going on a vacation. And so, so some of our small group was like, I'm glad we have a month to do this, right? Uh, so like the, you have time, right? This is supposed to just jumpstart things and kind of do that. So take some, consider this. Who are you going to get to know? Whose name are you going to get to know? And what, uh, like we had no idea about this little lady across the street. Now we know a little bit more about her and a way to pray for her and a way to engage her. So, okay. So with that, like I said, we're in this Art of Neighboring series. And I, uh, I briefly mentioned last week as we were up, uh, and by the way, if you didn't get a chance to be here, last week. Go online. Catch up from last week. We had a great panel discussion last week uh, and this whole idea of all this, and I think there was a lot of great fruit in there. But with that, I mentioned at that time that today we were going to talk about one of the biggest, if not the biggest, obstacles to doing this kind of uh, art of neighboring thing, being effective neighbors, very friendly, neighborly, and that is often, and it's probably for, for all of us, right, is this idea of time and not having time. Uh, for so many of us, we can live uh, that reel or that TikTok on repeat, right? I do not have time. 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 It can be the, uh, this biggest obstacle of really doing or not doing this evangelism leap thing, okay? And uh, so I think there's value, as we're in this series, to talk about the pace of our life, folks. I think there's value to look at the pace of our life and ask ourselves this question. It'll come up on the screen. Does the pace of my life allow me to be available or always absent? Does the pace of your life, my life, allow us to be available or always absent? I think probably if we were honest with ourselves, many of us would have to fall into the always absent category. And, and if we're in the always absent category, I think when it comes to this idea of evangelism and really being, being out there for Jesus and sharing Jesus with other people and just being a good neighbor even, right? I think that then, then we have to admit that if we're absent always, then, uh, then likely that we're missing a great opportunity to, to really, really weave a thread of, of I hope, by the way, in my life, it, uh, that I have a, a trail behind me of people who follow Jesus, and if I'm too busy and I'm always absent, that trail is going to be pretty short, right? And here's the truth of this, folks. And, and this part might sting just a little bit, but and honestly, I think it's supposed to. Folks, when we say that we don't have time to get to know our neighbors, what we're really saying is that we don't consider our neighbors' lives important enough to do so, Okay? And I know that stings, because honestly, it stings for me, because like, again, I, I feel like I've had a couple of rhythms in my life of doing this, but I was like, gosh, Yali, which is the lady across the street, her life matters to God. She matters to God, and so she should matter to me as a follower of Jesus. So when we say we don't have time, awfully we're saying that, that, we don't have, uh, that their, their lives are not valuable enough to, for us to take that time. And so, because um, we, we got to remember that this whole, like, love our neighbor as ourself thing, it's actually a command, by the way. This isn't a suggestion, right? Look at Matthew 22. It says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then as a part of this, right, he says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So this thing is not a suggestion, right, for those of us that are followers of Christ. This is not a suggestion. It is, it is an expectation. This is an expectation, Right? So when we, if, if, if you're going to stand with, with God at the end of our life and, and we, say, we say to him, like, hey, I, I just didn't have time for my neighbors, can I just tell you, folks, that's not going to cut it with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's not going to cut it. Jesus has a higher expectation for us than that. So I think, again, there's value in evaluating our time 
Uh, and we're going to kind of see ways to do that today from our text in Luke chapter 10. Uh, I want to set this up before we take a look at it. Uh, I want to point out the fact that last week we were also in Luke chapter 10, and it was the section right before this text, uh, and we looked at the Good Samaritan, if you know that story, um, and we see Jesus kind of uh, uh, illustrate the value of, of really loving our neighbor through the, the story of the Good Samaritan. And then right after that story is, is this particular text. It's a story of time and where we spend it, okay? And I think it'll be familiar to many of you. It starts in verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I got a couple of ideas from that particular uh, section of scripture. It's pretty short, but I think there's some really good stuff in there for us today, especially with this idea of this art of neighboring. So our title today is The Art of Neighboring, The Time Barrier. And uh, let me pray, and then I'll give you a couple of things to write down and think about in that. So let's pray. God, we do pray for uh, the rest of our time together in this text. We pray, God, that... um, that you would help us dig deep into this and, and just really sink our, our teeth into this uh, particular text, especially when it comes to this idea of, of neighboring and neighboring well and doing evangelism, taking this evangelism leap. God, that you would change us, that you would shape us, that you would mold us into everything that you want us to be. God, that you would, uh, you would teach us, make our hearts, our souls, our minds sticky and supernatural things would stick to us. We'd be more like you, Jesus, in the, in the ways that you uh, conducted yourself while you were on the planet. Help us. Teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have two points today. You can fill this first one in on your handout. Uh, Again, we're going to talk about this great commandment, living this out. So truly living the great commandment requires, first one, this is where we're going to spend most of our time, making time for interruptions. You can fill it in. Living the great commandment requires making time for interruptions. Now, uh, as you're writing that down, before we go to the text, I'm, uh, so like, right, that we see this in the text pretty, pretty right, uh, close to the beginning, right? Uh, verse, verse 38, this is where Martha, this is actually the thing that she does right in this story, okay? It says in 38, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha, and then, then I learned this, opened her home to him. She opened her home to him. And so as I was studying this, I took notice of the fact that, again, remembering that this is directly following the story of the Good Samaritan, right, in Luke chapter 10, okay, that just like we saw in that story last week, and we see, saw, saw him kind of alter his, because like he was traveling, he was going somewhere, and all of a sudden he stopped what he was doing, right, and he took care of the guy that was uh, attacked by robbers. And, and so we see that story there, and then all of a sudden the next section we see here with Martha is that she did a very similar thing. She was willing to open her home for him, for Jesus, So essentially, here's my thought, is that likely she had some plans for the day. She had some things that she was planning on doing, and yet then all of a sudden this happened, and and they just happened to come by, right? She didn't know they were going to come by. There was no no indication that we get in Scripture that that she knew ahead of time, and yet she was willing to change her day significantly, change what she had planned for, for, for a greater kingdom purpose, like the Good Samaritan did. And so in both stories, we see this willingness to, to what, and what seemed to be an availability to take time uh, and, and, uh, and, and take, take an interruption, be interrupted, change course for the sake of someone else. And I think that's significant. 
I think it's significant enough that it was mentioned in, in the Good Samaritan story, and then it was also mentioned in this story with Martha. There was time and availability for an interruption. And then that got me thinking this week. I want to ask you a question that I think I know the answer to, at least I know the answer that I would give. Here's the question for you. It's, I don't have it on the screen for you. Here's the question is, do you ever plan your day to be interrupted? Do you ever plan your day to, to, to be interruptible? Do you ever walk into your morning, your afternoon, your evening, evening intentionally enough with enough margin to say that you're willing and available to take time for what, what I would call a divine interruption? Can I tell you that I desire to live my life that way, but I don't think that I actually live my life that way. My guess is you're the same. And I was thinking this week, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I, and on a good day, Matt might stumble into something really good, right? But, but man, I do not live intentionally enough to do that on purpose. And then I started asking myself this week, but what if I did? I started to dream a little bit, folks, this week as I was thinking about my life and being a little more interruptible, having more time for divine interruptions, these, these holy interruptions. And I was thinking, you know, I think you all know that I desire to have an impact for the kingdom of God in my life. I think many of you do too. And I started to get kind of excited, folks, about what kind of things would happen in my life, in the surrounding people's lives that, I, that I'm in uh, and I'm around. Because uh, I, can I say, I think there would be a wave. And actually, I think it would be a significant wave that would happen if I would be, if I would actually intentionally plan my day to be more interruptible. Actually, it's a quick story. Actually, it won't be a quick story. It's going to be a long story. Uh, <laughs> um, several months ago, on a Sunday morning, I mentioned, uh, and some of you know this because I've had individual conversations with you, but um, uh, I mentioned in that particular service that I was trying to build a relationship with one of the guys in my neighborhood um, who lived a couple doors down. His name was Andy. And uh, some of you may remember me mentioning this in a service, but that particular week, I had seen Andy walking down the street in our neighborhood uh, while I was taking my son Elijah uh, here to the church for student ministries. And Andy looked like down, he looked really depressed, and, um, and as I was driving, my son was in the pasture, and I even said to Elijah, I said, hey, uh, look, Elijah, there's Andy, kind of looks like he's having a rough day. And uh, Elijah uh, said, yeah, Dad, it does. And uh, I don't know if you, does any of you guys remember the story? Okay. So... Uh, the sad part of that story, and I, that's why I mentioned it in that particular service, is because um, I didn't stop. I didn't stop to talk to Andy at that point, and, and I just kept driving because, you know, I had to get Elijah to, to student ministries, and, and I kind of made this excuse thing, which, by the way, is a pretty lame excuse because all Elijah would have missed was, like, missing, missing some game time, right? And, and Andy's life is valuable. Um, and so... Uh, the th part of the story that you don't know now, and some of you don't because I had more conversation with you, but that same Sunday that I told that story up here on the stage, um, that afternoon, Elijah and I were on our way to watch a Bears football game with a couple guys from the church. It was the Bears open, uh, season opener, and so we got invited to do that. We were already, already running a little bit late, and on my drive out, who do you think was walking down the street? Andy was walking down the street. So I, I was like, all right, I already felt the Lord's conviction that I didn't stop the first time, so I need to stop, talk to Andy, and we chatted for like 20 minutes, and you guys, holy cow, the story that Andy told me. Um, 
Now, you've got to understand a couple things about Andy is that this is a guy that uh, I've been praying for, for God to open up an avenue for he and I to have conversations about spiritual things for like a year and a half. Had an interaction about, a year, uh, about two years ago that was like, oh, that was not fun. And so I've just been praying for the guy. Okay, and so uh, also he's a guy um, who, from earlier conversations in the summertime, uh, didn't, wasn't really interested in spiritual things. Um, he had a pretty uh, rough childhood, traumatic childhood growing up, and he was very resistant towards spiritual things, okay? And so uh, he told me that the reason that he was down when I saw him on Wednesday is because he gotten arrested, and because, after he got arrested, he got thrown into uh, a, 20, a 48-hour uh, psych hold in the St. Joe County Jail. To which he described, and I don't have any contact for this, but he, what he described was something that was fairly traumatic for him uh, when he was in uh, a suicide hold. Um, just a rough couple of days for Andy. Just really rough. But this is the cool part of the story. He said, well, Matt, you'll like this part of the story. And I was like, oh, okay, tell me about that. So he says, you won't believe it, but Matt, I went to church today. I was like, you did what? He goes, yeah, I went to church today. And then he went on to describe what the pastor taught on that day and all that kind of stuff and whatever. And, and I was like, holy cow, oh, okay, all right. And well, that's awesome. And, and I was so we talking a little bit. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, but that's not the, rest, that's not the whole story, Matt. You'll like this part too. And I said, okay. I, my ears were perked up. And he said, you know, when I was in uh, Suicide Watch, Matt, I, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. And and so I got to the point where I, had, I didn't know what else to do. And so I found myself, you guys, he said, I found myself praying to Jesus for the very first time. I almost got out of the car and hugged him. <laughs> and he went on to, to tell me um, a, a little bit more about that and and so I, and, I, and I shared with him, I was like, Andy, I want you to understand, man, this is why we've been talking and, and all the things I've been sharing with you about Jesus is that like when you come, when, look, when I come to the end of myself, because I, I come to the end of myself, I need Jesus' rescue and I need him to come and rescue me. And you came to the end of yourself, Andy, and you went to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Keep doing that. So I encouraged him at that point and uh, to, to keep going to church. And, and I said, I don't care where you go to church, man. I'd love to have it at church, but go, go to church somewhere and, and keep, keep investigating this Jesus guy. And I think it'll, it'll change your life. And we went to the football game. How many of you know the only thing we talked about at the football game was this story, right? Now, I tell you that story because although I'm really glad that Andy got to where he got to, as I was replaying that, even in the midst of this context of this series that we're doing, folks, I... I am sad that I missed an opportunity with Andy the first time. Because here was my thought, is that that was Wednesday that I saw Andy, and then this was Sunday. So there was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon before I had an interaction with Andy. And maybe, maybe because, by the way, I carry the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ in me, right? I, I might have been able to help Andy a little sooner. I might have been able to, to get Andy to a better place a little bit sooner than that. And I, and, I, and I just didn't, quote, unquote, have the time. And then this is the, in the last two weeks, folks, I actually um, was informed that Andy actually passed away. He was hit um, tragically by a car that took his life, and I'd spoken to him the day before. Um, 
And this is my thought this week. As I even consider Andy as I was praying on my way to church this morning. I can't help but wonder if if I would have been if I would have been more intentional with Andy. Because here's what, I, I think Andy was starting to get interested in Jesus, but I don't know Andy's spiritual condition when he died. I don't know, his, I don't know what, he, I don't know if you know Jesus. And now Andy's gone. I, I can't, and I'm trying not to beat myself up too much because I, I was trying to be, I really was trying to show Jesus to Andy. But I also know the pace of my life sometimes just made it hard for me to do that. Folks, here's the truth about all of this. And, and I, don't want us to, I don't want us to get like feel super guilty and whatever and all, you know, whatever. But I think this is like these are real lives, real people with real stories who need a savior. And man, I, Andy, above everything else, Andy tried a lot of things, but Andy needed Jesus, folks. Andy needed Jesus. And folks, we live in this tension, you and I, uh, of the urgent and the important. We live in this tension. And, and when our priorities are determined by the urgent, I think this is important to understand, when our priorities are turned by the urgent, living a life of, of no time where our lives uh, won't, like, just don't have space, right? Here's the truth. Our lives won't match up with our intentions. Because I had good intentions for Andy, but a lot of times I would say that I didn't, my, my life didn't match up with that because of my pace in life. Living out the great commandment requires making some time for interruptions like Martha did, like the Good Samaritan did. By the way, Jesus did this too, right? I'll give you a list of things. We don't have time to look at all these today. Um, I would encourage you to read them on your own time this week. But man, folks, we see Jesus being quite interruptible, don't we, in the scripture, right? Whether that's feeding 5,000 people, look that up in Matthew 14. He's just going somewhere and he's fed 5,000 people. Right? Or is willing to be interrupted by children. You can look that up in Matthew 19. Man, Jesus didn't let, a ch- he would always let, ch- like, man, it was like he was just interruptible by kids because he loved them so much. Or uh, going to and raising a dead girl in Mark 5, right? You can look that up. He was like literally heading somewhere and there was a situation. He was like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna go over there and all that. He just, he just did it. He had other agenda. Or when he was leaving the city in uh, Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 10, he healed a blind man who was literally screaming for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus, folks, had time for interruptions, and we are, we are a people that, uh, that if, you're, if you're exploring Jesus, keep exploring Jesus, but if you're a follower of Jesus here today, folks, we are a people that does, we should be doing the things that Jesus did, and if Jesus had time for interruptions, the question is, do we? Do you and I have time for interruptions? I mean, what would it take to change the pace of our lives so that we were more available to those who live around us? What would that take? I mean, just think about that. Think about that in your own head for just a second. What would that take? I think it's a good question. And I think if, if we really think about that, uh, what I would say to answer that question is, okay, what would it take? I think that we would need to, we would need to practice the art of elimination. So if we're going to live the art of neighboring, we're going to have to also play this game of the art of elimination. Meaning that, that we, if we're going to have more margin and we're going to be more interruptible, we got to make space. We have to make space. 
And I think probably there, if, if, if we're just really honest with ourselves, there's probably at least one thing in every one of our lives that we probably would need to eliminate. Probably at least one, right? And, and it, by the way, it could be something that you really love, that you really love to do, and, and, and that'll be a tough one to give up, but, but you might need to give it up because the, when, you, when you do it so much, right, and you love it so much, the reality is you just don't have space for other things that God wants for your life and my life. And so I think we have to, if we're going to live this out in practicality and actuality, I think we need to practice the art of elimination. Maybe, maybe we need to give up something. Maybe God is going to call us today, this coming week, in the next few months, to give up something so that we can make room for our neighbors, so we can make room for evangelism. By the way, if you don't know, there's two purposes for your life. One is to glorify God with your own life and make Jesus famous. That's it. That's our life, folks. And yet we fill it with so many other things, don't we? Can I say that I, here, here was my conviction. Here was your pastor's conviction this week, folks. I need to do the art of elimination so that I have more time for the Andes of the world. You need to make more time for your Andes because they matter to God. How many of you know we're living in a hurt hurt very hurt world right now. There's so much brokenness, folks, and we have the answer in Jesus Christ. He heals the broken. He brings, he brings light to the darkness. You know, you know the reality of, of, of darkness is every time there's light, darkness goes away. He is the light of the world, folks. We have that, and so we need to make some time so that we be interruptible for Andy. Put your Andy in there. I think it's something worth thinking about. So that's our first point today. Truly living the great commandment requires making time for interruptions. Second point, you can fill this in. Truly living the great commandment requires realizing our bent to overcomplicate things. Fill it in. Realizing our bent to overcomplicate things. Um, kind of already touched on this a little bit, so I won't belabor this too much, but we see this in our text with Martha in verse 40. As she was willing to open her home, right? She changes the course of her day. She steps in this holy interruption. She's doing great. And then all of a sudden, something happens in Martha, okay? And the text says that in verse 40, it says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. If I can say it this way, Martha began to overcomplicate the scenario. Martha began to overcomplicate the scenario where she stepped into this interruption, but then she went, the way I would call it, she went into fifth gear, Right? She started to worry about all these things and she skipped second and third and fourth gear. She went, whoop, whoop, whoop. she's going right into fifth gear. How many of you are ever like Martha? I can do that. Right? Where you can skip second, third, and fourth gear. I'm, I'm a fast paced guy. I can do that sometimes, right? And uh, I can quickly, you, can, you and I can quickly overcomplicate the scenario and the situation that we're in, right? And maybe it's because we're a perfectionist. That's kind of where I live. I, I'm a super perfectionist. Or, or maybe it's because we want to look good to others or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all those kinds of things, right? But we can so easily overcomplicate the moment, right? And, and Jesus tells Martha later in our, in our text, right, in verses 41 and 42, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are actually needed. Few things are actually needed. Often, folks, here's the truth, and I think this is really important. Um, Maddie's gonna start coming and uh, playing as we get ready to close. Um, folks, I think that things can often be simpler than we make them. I 
Do you know that the person who puts the most pressure on you is you? You and I put the most pressure on ourselves. Now, sure, there might be certain situations, but we put the most pressure on ourselves because we can put ourselves into fifth gear. And so when it comes to this art of neighboring thing, folks, here's what I want to say. Can we just not overcomplicate this thing? Don't overcomplicate this, right? Yeah, I would say to you this. I would say, like, make some time. Do the art of elimination like we talked about in point one, right? Do that, okay? Get some margin. But don't overcomplicate it after that. Take some time, like today, I think it's gonna be decently nice outside today. There's not gonna be a whole lot of nice days this week, but, but take, take an hour and go sit in your front yard. Not behind the, the privacy fence, just go sit in the front yard. People will walk by, you can say, hey. Just take an hour, or if you're in an apartment building, there's a common area, go take an hour and read a book. You're gonna read it anyway, read in the common area. Don't overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be overly complicated, this thing. I think here's the idea, is that don't miss the relational nugget that's before you. Like Martha missed the relational nugget to sit with Jesus in the midst of this. Don't miss the relational nugget, right? Don't go into fifth gear. Like you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to invite your neighbors over for a big neighborhood party, although we are gonna talk about that being something you might wanna do later on, right? Ben's gonna talk about that next Sunday. But man, a party would be cool, but, but you, don't, like, you don't have to go to the party. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated, right? We literally walked across the street and, and said, hi, where are the neighbors next door? And we had a 45-minute conversation with somebody who I think actually needs community, needs people. You see, we have a bent, folks, you and I, towards overcomplicating things in our lives and situations. And when we realize that we have that bent... We can make a greater impact around us because often when we realize that, we then focus on the simple so that we can focus on the right stuff. Actually, I have that as a fill-in for you today. You can fill that in. There's value in focusing on the simple so we can focus on the right stuff. I think if we can do that in, our, in general, uh, we will see great things produced in and around us. If we do that with this art of neighboring thing, I think we will see the same as well. I think we will. Because so often it is, by the way, you probably can relate to this. Folks, if it's complicated, if things are complicated, you know what we normally do in life when something's complicated? We just don't do it. If it's overly complicated, we just don't do it. And so let's stay focused on the simple. Just let's go, go across the street or, or sit out in front of your, 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 in your front lawn. Those kind of, just do the simple things and see what God will do. If, if we can do that, I think we will be successful in this. I think we will. So that's point number two. Truly living in the great command requires realizing our bent to overcomplicate things. Why don't you stand? And I'm gonna pray. And then we're gonna move into some responsive worship and prayer time. So let's pray. So God, uh, I think this is a, God, this series is an important one, but I, I will admit that, that it's, it can be a challenging one. I think mostly because of that last point we just talked about, God, that, it, that we can overcomplicate things. And so, God, I pray that, um, that you would help us. Now, that you would guide us in, in the next uh, couple weeks as we finish the series, in the next couple months, in the next couple years of our lives, God, that we wouldn't overcomplicate this, that, that we would be uh, willing to be interrupted for the sake of kingdom things. God, we need your help.
Because we, as our, our humanness, God, uh, I think that we, uh, we have a, this bent towards just packing on more and more and more and more and more and more and more on our life and just not having space and room. So, God, help us, we pray. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.